I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Healy's away. Australia are away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. Hello and welcome to The Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. I'm Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jolly. LG, we made it to the knockouts. So here we are on the eve of Australia's semi-final showdown with the West Indies. So on today's show, we're joined by Elisa Healy from Wellington. So Midge joined us to share a bit about how the group responded to the really unfortunate news that Elise Perry has been ruled out of of the semi-final tomorrow. And we've also got Kristen Beams. So Beamsy joins us from Hobart and she takes a look at what the West Indies have got to do to pull off a massive upset in this tournament. So among plenty of other stuff, but before we get any further, we've got a top four and thought it would be fun to look back on our predictions that we made earlier in the tournament. So we've obviously got Australia and West Indies locked in for one semi-final and South South Africa and England in the other semi-final in Christchurch. But LJ, can you think back to the start of the tournament and who you thought might sneak into that top four? Yeah, I have to admit, I was very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I had South Africa missing out. I had New Zealand in there. I had India in there. And so, yeah, did did think South Africa might not get there without Dane Van Newkirk, but they have been outstanding, um, led largely by the efforts of Marazan Cap and Laura Wolfart. And, yeah, the... Uh, Really sad for the Kiwis, actually, that they, with those champion players in this team, couldn't make it through the semis in their home World Cup. But it is really exciting for world cricket to see the Windies up and about in the backstage of the tournament. Um, how did your predictions pan out, Em? I am relatively happy with my predictions. So I had Australia in there, so they've obviously locked that in. Then I had South Africa in there, and I did have the White Ferns in there, so a bit sad to see them miss out. Um, and then I had India missing out, so. And that, has, that is my prophecy that's come true. And I think I said at the time, I think I said that I found them to be a bit inconsistent and maybe a bit disorganised coming into the, into the tournament. And I guess that's proven true. Like they played some unreal cricket over the um, month or so that we've been here. But yeah, they just couldn't seem to string it together and yeah, string together any consistent performances that they needed to do to lock in that top four spot. But so looking ahead to the semis, we've got... Australia versus the West Indies and then the other cracking semi-final is going to be South Africa versus England. LJ, do you have a prediction for both of those semis? Well, my predictions have been going great this tournament, so I'll just keep rolling. Keep rolling. Um, I was writing a bit of a preview last night and you, looking at all the numbers, the history, the form, this tournament for Australia and West Indies and you just go, it's, it's all goes Australia's way. It's so stacked in Australia's favour. But I was there in Kolkata in 2016. I saw the West Indies win that final. I know what they can do. History, form, whatever, does not matter to them when they pull out their best. I'm still tipping Australia to go over the line. 
But, um, yeah, you can never, ever ride off the windies. In the other one, I I think England have all the experience in big knockout matches. Mm. They know how to win them. But I think this South African team's got something special. I think they've got confidence. They've got so much confidence. They've had a really good World Cup today. They've won the close matches. And I think they can make some history tomorrow. Not tomorrow, on Thursday. <laughs> Who are you predicting? That's good to hear. I'm, I'm very excited at the prospect of a, an Australia versus South Africa final. I think as, Beam, as you'll hear from Beamsy, she's, she's excited enough and about that that might happen as well. I think it'll be an absolute cracker. Um, looking at Australia versus West Indies... I wasn't there in 2016 and I have seen like the West Indies like no doubt they've got some damaging players but I feel like honestly I feel like it's going to have to take something of a miracle for the, that West Indies team to come out and beat Australia like I think Australia they'll come out in their semi-final mode they'll be playing they'll be ready to roll and ready to play their best cricket they'll be dialed in so I'm expecting them to get through to that final in Christchurch and then Looking at, looking at the other one, as much as my heart says I'd love to see South Africa into their first World Cup final, I don't know why, but I think England, like, I don't think they've played their best cricket. Like, there's no doubt that they haven't played their best cricket. But as you say, like, they've got experience. They've got some big game players. Like, they've got the likes of Heather Knight and Nat Siver, Catherine Brunt, who they've, they've stood up in the big moments when, they've, when it's counted before and for some reason I'm tipping them to do it again. So I think... We might see an Australia-England final, which is something that we've seen a lot of in the last two months, but perhaps there's one more chapter to add to that Ashes rivalry here in New Zealand. Tristan Beams, welcome back to The Scoop. And Beamsy, obviously we've heard the massive news on the eve of Australia's semi-final against the West Indies that Elise Perry, star all-rounder, she won't be fit to play, so we won't see her in action against the West Indies tomorrow, which is obviously devastating news for her and the whole team. And it's, yeah, as we said off air just before, it feels like a bit of deja vu, particularly after she missed the semi-finals in that T20 World Cup in Australia. Yeah, it's, it's horrible news. And she's just a part of the furniture, Elise Perry. When we think about an Australian team, it, um, you assume she's in it. So it's incredibly sad for her personally. And um, I'm sure it's a really difficult time. And I suppose for, for other players around them, it, it's probably thinking, you know what, I've actually got to play a, a far more important role here. And I think that's going to be really critical is that other people pick up the slack because I think she plays such a critical role in this one-day team with both bat and ball. And who do you see stepping up to fill that spot for the Aussies? Does Annabelle Sutherland stay in there like she did against Bangladesh or is there someone else in that group they might look to bring in? Yeah, I think it probably depends on the matchups a little bit. You know, we've we've talked about the the batting depth in that team. Do they consider playing two leg spinners? I think it's Annabelle Sutherland for me. I think in terms of the the batting role, though, I expect that Talia McGrath to play that more at least Perry role mm. uh, within the the batting lineup. But with the ball, I see that Annabelle Sutherland is probably the the player that's really going to step up. And I think we've seen her at times. I think the Test match in the Ashes series was a a really good opportunity that that when Annabelle Sutherland is given the ball by the skipper, she can play a, a really critical role. So I think I'd like to be able to see her in that game actually do a really important job for, for Meg Lanning and the Australian team as well. And Beamsy, we speak so much about the depth in this in this Australian team. I guess like looking back even like four or five years, 
no Elise Perry for the World Cup semis would have been pretty dire. And I mean, it's a huge loss, whatever way you look at it, Elise Perry. But do you feel like maybe the Aussies have developed their squad in a way that they can sort of cover for any for a loss like this? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the sheer depth of all-rounders and it was something in 2017, the team probably wasn't blessed to have as many all-rounders as there are now. And, and that really is what is going to speak volumes for Australia is that it means that it doesn't matter if it's a batter or a bowler, you have that ability to play somebody who can, who can be in and get that role done. And I think that's what's really important for Australia is that even though it's horrible, we all want to see an Australian team with Elise Perry in it, but knowing that they can actually cover that is, is really important. And especially in World Cup tournaments, there's always going to be injuries. There's always going to be things that come up. We live in a COVID world, but teams' ability to cover really good players that aren't available is, is a massive tick for Australia. And looking at that semi-final for tomorrow, I don't think any of us predicted the Windies making the top four, but they're, they've got there and um, they've been a bit up and down. They've just scraped in. What do you think they've done well to get themselves into this position? I think they've got really good individual brilliance in that West Indies team. And I think if they're going to progress in this tournament, it's going to be about that. I think that player who can make an, a big hundred, a, a player who can take a fifer, but they've just sort of got a team full of X factor match winners. And I think at the right times, they've been able to have those players play really critical roles. And I think we still haven't seen the best in some of those players. I think Deandra Dotton is a player who I still think has room to move in this tournament. I think that she's going to be a really important player. Stefani Taylor looks really good as well. So they've got some some really good match winners. um, And I think that's why they've had good success. And it seems like they haven't, um, they haven't worried too much coming up against really big opposition. It's nearly brought out the best in their cricket. And that's what you have to do in World Cup tournaments. You have to bring your best cricket against the best teams. Yeah. I mean, as you said, they've got some really dangerous players and we've seen what they can do on the big stage. They cause an upset. I think you were there in that 2016 T20 World Cup final. Do you think they have it in them to pull off a really big big upset? And what do you think? Is it is it going to come down to those X Factor players? Yeah, look, I think anything's possible when you, you come into a final. Do I think that um, Australia have every base covered in, in terms of being able to counter that. Yes, I do. I, I think they've got so many options from a bowling point of view, regardless of a batter getting away from them. And same from a batting point of view, you've got all different sorts of stroke makers. You've got players that like to hit down the ground, square of the wicket players, players who dominate against spin. So I would see that that's going to be really challenging for the West Indies. So I feel like they've just got to have one of those days and it's going to be a, a big player like a Deandra Dotton to, to give them any kind of hope. But Look, I think it's great for the world game that the West Indies have made this semi-final. Um, they definitely weren't in my top four when I was thinking about it at the start of this tournament. So I really tip my hat to the way that they've played. And it was a really dramatic finish to the round robin stage here, going down to the absolute final ball. And no doubt India are going to be massively disappointed to have missed out so narrowly. What do you think it has gone wrong for India in this campaign? And what do they need to address to try and get themselves back into finals next time around? Yeah, I think they just didn't nail the key moments in in really big games. I think you look at the results and nearly every team below them and and you kind of go into a tournament looking at, or at your fixture and going, you know what, these are the games we really should win. India not only won those games, they dominated those games, mm. but against the, the top teams, they really did struggle and they played a, a really different kind of brand of cricket Um, and they didn't really dictate play. And when India are really dictating the game, you know, either their spinners are on top and and taking the game away and really squeezing, or they've got those really free-flowing batters 
Harman Prick Corey's going about her business. We, we, we nearly lock in Matali Raj for a 50-plus score. That's when they're playing really good cricket and they'll post big totals and they're hard to beat. But we didn't see that against the, the big teams. So um, I'm really intrigued as to the selection of their squad coming mm. in. I think that's something that they will look at. I think Rodrigues not being in that team, Shikha Pandey as well, I think they left out some really quality players. So um, I'm sure that they'll look, a, look at that in the review process. But... For me, it simply was they just didn't win enough of the key moments against the top teams. Yeah, just looking at India, they're obviously like they're such a talented team. They'll be desperate for some World Cup success. Do you think like what needs to change in their system to allow those super talented players to flourish and start winning some trophies? Yeah, I think it's always getting the balance right. And I think it's something Australia have done really well. I mean, you look at India and they've got such great experience with players like Harman Pritkor, Matali Raj, Jalan Goswami is that you kind of then want all of those younger players to come in and play alongside those best experienced players. Um, And it seems like they haven't really done that. You know, you think, I think a player like Jamima Rodriguez would really flourish um, in that system, um, knowing that you've got all of the stability in that batting lineup that they do. So I think it is about um, picking a, a bit more balance in that squad. I think you've got to have a mixture of experience in youth and, I think maybe that's that might have been where they missed a trick. And you want to do that in the lead up to a World Cup. You want to give yourselves a, a really nice run in. But um, we didn't see Rodriguez much against Australia in that series, which I think was September last year. So I think the team that they played there is the team that they wanted to play um, in this tournament now. So they probably needed to do that a little bit earlier to get those young players in so they could flourish in a tournament like this one. And now just looking at the second semi-final, which of course is a repeat of the England-South Africa matchup we saw back in 2017. Both teams are a bit different this time around though, and South Africa arguably go in as, or should go in as the favourites as the higher ranked um, qualifier and as a team who's looked really good so far. And you picked them as your dark horse. Um, what's your prediction for this match and can South Africa overcome any potential semi-final nerves to beat England? Yeah, look, I, I've, I mean, I've got my fingers crossed. I want South Africa to, to make it through. I, I think I've been so impressed with their style of cricket, the way that they've played. I think they've got a really a even contribution across the board. And, you know, I wrote a little bit about their WBBL players. And I think we nearly, as Australians, are, are we nearly, they're nearly our second team because we've seen so many of them through the WBBL. Um, and we love them to pieces. So um, I think we all hope that a team like South Africa can make it through because I think they're just a big improver. Um, their best players have continued to get better. There's no doubt about that. Um, Mignon Duprea, you know, Lizelle Lee, Laura Wolvart, their best players are so, so good. But I think also they've got these, these young players coming through and, and making a contribution as well. And this is a team that's got no Dane Van Nika. They're missing their skipper. So the fact that they're in the semi and they've played such really, they've played really good cricket, I think is a massive tick. Um, but England, they, they know how to win. Um, and I think that's going to be really critical in, in this semi final. They've got the experience, they've won semi finals, they've won finals of, of World Cup. So um, they would think there's as good a chance to, to beat South Africa here and probably banking that their best players will, can potentially hold their nerve under pressure a little bit longer than the South Africans. So I think the key for South Africa will be staying to their game plan and, and being really consistent in the way that they've played because um, the way they've played is good enough to get them into a final. Mm. Um, and I think for England, they'll be kind of banking on their top players as well. I think can Brunt have a big impact with the ball 
and what can Heather Knight do? If Heather Knight makes 100, England are going to be playing in a final. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be very interesting to watch it all, all unfold and we can't wait. But just finally, Beamsy, you were at Blundstone Arena the other day to watch Tasmania capture their first WNCL title. Talk us through it. Massive moment for the Tigers. How are the celebrations? I'm sure you were pumped for your good mate Elise Villani to hit a 100 in a WNCL final. Yeah, I mean, so special and so special for all Tasmanians, I think. You know, the, it's still a relatively short history for Tasmania in the WNCL competition, but, you know, they've probably gone from a team that most teams would have come up against them and thought, you know what, we've probably got this one in the bag. But, you know, I think they've really improved as a side um, and they played some incredible cricket. I think it was a it was a really good wicket at Blunston Arena. You, it's that sort of old adage, you, you can't judge a wicket until both teams bat on it. Uh, I think looking back on it now, South Australia were probably about 30 or 40 runs short. It was a really good wicket. Um, but Elise Volani, all class. I think there was so much conversation about the fact she hadn't won one. Um, <laughs> so to to not only make 100 in in a final, to be the captain, to, to lead that team, it's a new team for her. Um, I think that was a really big moment. But the the special one for me was Emma Maddox-Jeeves. Um, I think a, a young Tasmanian to, to make your first 100 in the WNCL. To, to lead your team to, to victory. I think that's something that's um, incredibly special. And if you think about it, the, the Tasmanians did very well that day. I mean, Courtney Webb is a, is a Tasmanian. She yeah. made a fantastic 88 for South Australia as well. So um, special day. I, I believe the celebrations might even still be going a little bit. It's, um, Great to hear. I've seen a, a few of the girls, which is they have made everything, every little moment count the, the Tasmanians. So yeah, incredibly well-deserved. And I think it's showing a real shift in the dynamic of the WNCL competition. So um, it's exciting times and we're seeing some really good players go on to, to play for Australia. So it was a, it was a really good final. Ah, yeah, that's awesome. It was certainly special to see. Beamsy, thank you as always for your time. And we hope you enjoy sitting back and watching two hopefully cracking semifinals. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm looking forward to an Australia-South Africa final. You bring it on. <laughs> Alicia Healy, it's a semi, the Eve of World Cup semi-final, huge day. Thank you for joining us from, from Windy Wellington, which was, well, I guess it was actually sunny Wellington today. How are you feeling? How are you feeling ahead of the big game? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Um, you've given me uh, a little opportunity to do something with my afternoon, so thank you. Um, yeah, feeling really good. Um, the group, yeah, the group's going really well, and I think uh, our World Cup's been, um, yeah, um, pretty solid to to start with so um, I feel like we're in pretty good shape for, for tomorrow's game and, and hopefully we can turn up and, and play well once more and um, recreate a couple of the good games we've had. And so what does game day eve look like for Elisa Healy? Do you go hard at training? Do you take it easy? Are there just a couple of things you look to do? Um, it varies. It depends on um, you know what I guess where we're at and, and what we're doing, I guess, with this World Cup and the nature of the day before every game, it's it's in your position, right? So you want to um, prepare as best you can for potentially what you're going to face. So for me this morning, it was catch a few balls with the gloves on and, and then bat for as long as I possibly could before I got booted out of the net. So um, <laughs> that was good fun. It's always good being in the top six the day before a game because you get ultimate net time. So I made uh, complete use of that today. But other than that, it's, it's pretty much rest relax and, and make sure that you're ready to go for, for the big game. Nice. And what about tomorrow morning? Like, do you wake up like pumped? Like, do you always have the same routine, like same breakfast or is it pretty loose for you depending, depending on what side of bed you wake up on? Yeah. Hopefully I wake up on the right side of the bed. Um, I haven't <laughs> had too many grumpy wake ups this trip, so I've been pretty lucky. So I assume it won't happen tomorrow, but no, I'm not, I've got no, 
no superstitions or anything like that um, with regards to the morning of. I just sort of wake up, make sure I definitely get a coffee. That's probably the only thing I do. And sometimes I normally just eat at the ground. I don't even have brekkie. So um, the nutritionist won't like me saying that, but <laughs> here we are. Um, so, yeah, nothing nothing really. Try and keep it really relaxed, really low key. Um just let the excitement happen when we get to the ground. And how about the rest of the team? Is there anyone who has to do a certain thing on the night of a match or, or the morning of? Got no idea in that regard. I mean, you'll probably find Meg Lanning doing running a lap or something tomorrow <laughs> morning. I'm not sure whatever her new crazy superstition is. Um, no, everyone's everyone's pretty chilled in this group. I mean, um, we're a funny we're a funny group. We either hang out a lot or everyone's happy on their own. So you probably mm. see a few people out and about just having a wander, just clearing their minds. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't speak for anyone else, but I'd assume uh, there wouldn't be too many activities tonight. Nice. And we've been here for a while now. How have you enjoyed your time in New Zealand? Bit of golf, a couple of wineries. Has it been a good few months? Yeah, it's actually gone pretty quickly. I, I feel like we've, yeah, we've been on tour for a, for a long period of time, but it hasn't really felt like that. Um, and it's weird to think that there's only maybe one more day left or maybe, you know, four or five more days left. So, um, yeah, I, I love coming to New Zealand. It's it's one of the best places to tour, I reckon, just because it's so similar to home. The golf courses are elite um, and there's just something always beautiful to look at. And I mean, the, the scenery is unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time here. I mean, we're under some COVID restrictions and hopefully this is the last the last of them. Uh, I feel like the world's going back to normal. So um, I suppose if we're coming back here next time, living normally, it'd be even more enjoyable. But um, yeah, it's been a great trip nonetheless. I've enjoyed my teammates' company, which is awesome, but I've also just enjoyed this country. And Lottie has spoken and a few others have spoken about the importance of being able to get that rest and recharging time onto a particularly a big campaign like this. Is that something are the teams always done or is that approach changed in the years you've been involved? Um, I think it's something that we've definitely got better at. I think when I first, when I first started playing for Australia, it was like must train all the time and do everything professionally all the time and, and um, you know, just be like that. And so I guess when Marty came in and uh, took a fresh approach to uh, the way that our group uh, – not behaved, but just sort of acted. I thought it was a really refreshing approach. I think probably because we weren't, you know, professional um, back then, we felt like we needed to be on every moment trying to make ourselves be better. And I think um, Moddy sort of came in and changed the way we thought about that. And it's funny how um, everyone sort of thinks about it now. They really use their rest days um, Mm. to their advantage, just getting their bodies right. and, And I guess our minds right as well. I think, yes, we're touring more and we're playing a lot more. So those rest days are, are even more important than what they were before. But, um, yeah, I think it's something that we do really, really well. And I think people are um, are really accepting of everyone just taking a break and, um, and going doing their own thing and knowing that when they come back within the group uh, on game day or training day, they're, they're willing to contribute. And I think that's where that's kind of how we see it. And so we were chatting to Nick Carey a couple of weeks ago and she was telling us about her standard day off and also comparing herself to Meg Lanning, who she said she just used to see walk away and then never come back. Where do you sit on that activity scale? Do you like to pack your days in like Meg or do you like to just wake up and see where the day takes you more like Nick Carey? Probably smack bang in the middle. Um, <laughs> I'm, I need to, I need to be doing something. I think whether that's a a walk that 
Um, probably won't take me as far as what Megs do, but um, I'll probably go about halfway. Um, but then I'm also keen for a little bit of downtime um, being horizontal <laughs> or watching Netflix or something. So uh, I'm a little bit of both, but I normally I'm playing golf. So I guess that kind of ticks off both boxes in that I'm relaxing, but also being active to an extent. But yeah, probably in the middle. I love Nick's theory on that, that she just wakes up whenever um, go and does <laughs> goes and does whatever she wants there's absolutely no structure to her day and I think that's epic that um she just somehow manages to live by that I don't know how she does it it is great and looking forward to tomorrow's semi obviously um it really sucks that the Pez won't be able to run out tomorrow how did the group take that news particularly knowing what she went through two years ago for a semi-final back in 2020 yeah it's a real shame I, I mean I sat here um doing some media I think two days ago saying she'll be right <laughs> Um, she'll be right to play, obviously not knowing the extent of, of the problem, um, which is true to form from Pez. She probably plays it down a bit. So yeah, it's a, it's a probably a hard one to take more so for herself knowing, um, you know, the T20 world cup situation as well. So yeah, it's not ideal for our group, but in saying that, um, as respectfully as what I can, I think Mm. the, the group's done an amazing job at just being able to contribute and just sort of roll on and someone will come in and do that job. Um, uh, obviously we're, we're losing someone with a mountain of games under their belt, but I think someone will step up and, and play that role beautifully for us, whoever they go within the 11. But yeah, we're all feeling for pairs. Obviously she's, mm. uh, she really wanted to, to contribute to this group and contribute to success. So um, it's a real shame. Yeah, and I guess particularly for you, like you've played so much cricket alongside Pez that you've known her for so long. Does that just make it a really hard pill to swallow that, yeah, she won't be running out there alongside you tomorrow? Yeah, it's it sucks. Um, probably more so when we're standing next to one, one another in the anthems. I mean, we've done that for a very long time and it, it feels funny um, hugging someone else when, we, when we're singing the anthems as, um, as, I guess, corny as that sounds. But, um, yeah, it's... It's not ideal. It's not what you want to see either of, um, you know, a, a great player, um, a great uh, giver to our sport. I mean, what she's done for our sport in this in Australia and around the world is, um, you know, second to none. So I guess you don't want that to happen to someone like that. Um, you want to be you want to see her out there in those big moments playing in those um, key situations. So, yeah, not ideal, but uh, I'm sure we'll we'll give, be able to give her a big hug after the game, whether we win, lose or draw. And looking ahead to the game, the Windies were very up and about um, in that video the other night when South Africa won that thriller to knock out India. Um, assume you were watching that game too, but maybe not as uh, intently as them. Um, funnily enough, uh, I've uh, my room here is not ideal and doesn't have that channel on the telly. So oh. I didn't see any of it. I was living it vicariously through a group WhatsApp um, <laughs> running through ball by ball what's happening. So I didn't see any of it, probably a good thing. No. Um, but, yeah, obviously saw them up and about. It's part and parcel of, um, I guess, you're leaving your destiny to other teams in the competition to, to make the finals. You're sort of riding every ball and uh, and every moment. So I guess for us we were we knew – we knew we were in the final. It was just a matter of whether I finished packing or whether I unpacked and <laughs> um, stay here in Wellington. So, um, yeah, but I think that's just been a uh, the amazing part about this World Cup. There's been so many games that have come down to the last over, the last ball even, um, and I think it's just great signs for for global cricket that um, these games are as exciting as what they are. And, um, yeah, it's great to sort of 
see an, a different top four. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if that's right in saying that, but it feels like a bit of a different feel in the, in the top four this year, which is really cool. And um, hopefully we get some exciting finals fixtures out of it. Yeah, for sure. And they've obviously got some super dangerous players in their lineup. Are you, and they'll probably be playing with freedom. Like, are you expecting them to come hard at you guys tomorrow? Yeah, I think so. I think they've probably got nothing to lose. Um, and there's no real need for either side to be nervous to an extent. You're just going to go out there and, and play as hard as you can. And um, we both probably approach our cricket the same way. So it should be fun to watch, fun to be a part of, I think. But um, yeah, look, they've got some key key players that um, are world-class. They're, they're damaging as well. And they're just a powerful, powerful side. So we're going to have to watch out for that. The, the two up the top for them are, are two huge wickets. We know that if we can we can get into their to their middle order early, we can sort of restrict them to a a total we can control. Um, or if obviously if we're defending the, the same sort of line, but also with the ball. I mean, Haley Matthews has been some sort of a sensation for them taking the amount of wickets she has. So um, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be an awesome contest. And yeah, we we hopefully keep their big players quiet and um, play the game how we want to how we want it to be played. And Darcy obviously didn't play against them during the um, the round robin match, but it looked like she was uh, definitely had Meg hopping around in the nets yesterday and <laughs> hurrying a few of you up. How do you think she'll come tearing in at them tomorrow? Yeah, well, I think Darcy will just bowl with some freedom. Um, she's had a, a bit of a break now and um, hopefully feeling really, really fresh to go. And I think they've, they seem to have handled um, her really well throughout this tournament to make sure that she's going to be there for these big moments. So, yeah, I'm excited to see her charging in down breeze. I mean, poor shooter will be running into it again, but um, she's a team player and um, pats dust on the back when she's tearing in down wind. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that contest. I think both those opening uh, batters for the Windies come really hard and <clears throat> it's exactly what Darcy wants to do as well. She wants to come really hard at you. So it's going to be fun to watch. I think the slips cordon is going to be back a little bit further than normal. <laughs> make sure that we're catching it, but um, the wicket looked real conducive to some good pace and bounce. So hopefully we see that. Excellent. Well, that makes us excited. And it's been pretty, like, it's been, like, it's hard to critique the way that you guys have played this tournament. Like it's been so dominant. What do you think is it, has it been that it's made you, like has kept you unbeaten so far? Um, I think just uh, the depth in our squad is, is probably the best way to, to sum it up. I mean, you look at the, or you probably, you look at the runs board now and I, I think there's three three of our players on it, but then you look at the wickets as they're dominated by other teams, right? So it, to me, that stands out. That hasn't been a one-man show. It's literally been a, a team effort to get us across the line. And I think that's that's where our strength is at the moment. It's our depth. And these players, are we've used 14 out of the 15 that are on, on tour with us. And each and every player that's come in has played their role perfectly. So that's been a real bonus for us. And we know leading into finals that, everyone's in some sort of form, whether it be with battle ball. So that's a really pleasing thing. And I think it's, it's probably helped us to be successful this far, but we know that finals are a whole nother beast. You've got to turn up and deliver on that, on that very day. So hopefully we can put it all together tomorrow. And how have you felt about your own game? I know after I think the India match, you said you felt in good nickel summer and um, you're starting to put it all together. Yeah, I feel, I feel really good. Um, I mean, I think, even just watching it back, it's it it looks as good as how I feel. It's just finding different ways to get get myself out, which is part and parcel of the way that I play the game, unfortunately. But yeah, look, I, everything feels in really good nick. Um, I feel technically really sound, and I think that's exactly where you want to be. It doesn't feel like there's something technically 
feel it's letting me down. It's probably more decision-making and execution, which is a good thing, I think. Um, it just comes down to the mental side of the game. So from that point of view, I'm I'm excited to, to hopefully make an impact tomorrow and and hopefully get our team into a good position. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for the contest. Nice. And have you spent much time, like, following and watching what's going been going on in the rest of the tournament? Is, is there any team or player that you've particularly enjoyed watching? I mean, there's been some cracking contests and cracking performances across the board. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that. I've probably never really been uh, overly invested like I have in this World Cup. I feel myself cheering for teams that I wouldn't normally, <laughs> um, not the Poms, that's fine. Um, I've just been watching it and really loving everything that I've been seeing. I mean, I love the passion, the enthusiasm that, you know, Pakistan and Bangladesh play with that they get the opportunity to, to be in the top eight teams in the world. And they have absolutely loved it and relished every opportunity to play against um, some nations that they wouldn't traditionally get to the opportunity to play against. And I, and I love that. And I love that world cups bring that out. I think that's awesome. And yeah, I feel for the Kiwis a little bit. I feel like, um, you know, they not being in the finals, not giving themselves that opportunity, opportunity but in saying that I mean to see Pat Crowd at Hagley Oval the other day for um you know a non-event of a game that didn't mean much um to see so many people there cheering on their side was awesome and I think it's great for cricket in this country that people are talking about their team and how they can improve and what changes they're going to need to make so um yeah I found myself really invested in this World Cup I think I'm getting a little bit older and a little bit more <laughs> mature and I seem to be caring a lot more about the, the global game which I don't know where that's come from I've just like it out of but um I've just really enjoyed being a part of this one because it's been it's been awesome to watch and hopefully everyone here has loved being a part of it, but also around the world has loved watching it as much as we have. And just to put you on the spot a little bit here with the other semi, um, do you have a prediction about who might win out of England and South Africa? I have no idea and it's actually really cool. I mean, it, it goes back to just what I said that I've got no idea uh, who's going to win that. I mean historically speaking you're probably looking at the poms um mm. probably getting on top but i think my brain is telling me that south africa are playing too good a cricket to to let that slide and um yeah i, I don't know i genuinely don't mm. know it's going to be who turns up who's able to handle the pressure for the longest um and to still play that aggressive attacking style of cricket for as long as possible i think he's going to win that game because both teams can shut down really well. I think they're, they're really they're really good at that. But I think the team that um, is going to come out and play with that flair will, will get over the line. Should be a cracker. And we know, like, you guys have got so many, like, friends from the WBBL and other teams. Has there been much of an opportunity to sort of catch up or at least have a chat in the changing rooms with any of your, your friends and acquaintances from other other international teams? Yeah, I've, I've seen bits and pieces of it, obviously, with um, – let's just COVID restrictions mm. again. I mean, it's the buzzword. Uh, we're not supposed <laughs> to be uh, mingling as much as what we traditionally mm. would just to try and keep our, our team safe. But I mean, after every game, there's always at least four or five people out on the field, just chatting near the dugouts, um, talking to one another, talking to oppositions. I mean, I even saw a comment of Moon's chatting to one of the Bangladeshi girls after the game the other day talking about the game and and that's really cool. So, yeah, there's ample opportunity. I mean, I think that's been the beauty of the WBBL, the 100, the KSL, whatever. Um, you know, 
it's it's created friendships and I think you want to beat your mates more than anybody else. So it's probably made this World Cup uh, more spicy than, than normal. Nice. Elisa Healy, thank you so much for joining us from Wellington and we wish you all the best for tomorrow and we can't wait to watch what should be a cracking contest. Thanks, ladies. Healy's away. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Donaldson strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux.